It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Everyone's able to poke it out. They've got a chance. Here's Pasternak down the right wing side of the Sharks line, throwing it to the net, off the defensive stick, and it trickles past Kakinen and goes in. The Bruins make it 3 0 on a bizarre goal. After a whole bunch of work in the offensive zone does not result in a chance, and a fluky play goes in for Boston, 3-0 Bruins. Well, we've got a, I still don't think we're tracking the way we need to. Uh, I think we're starting to, from a defensive zone standpoint, I don't think we're closing quick enough now. We're a little bit hesitant. We're, I thought in the first few games we're closing quickly and ending more plays. We've got to end more plays. And we just got to get inside more offensively. As much as we had zone time, we've got to be quicker. We've got to be, there's got to be quicker recognition from an offensive standpoint. We get pucks, and then we're trying to figure out now what do we do with it instead of having some anticipation. So we need a little bit more offensive and defensive anticipation. All right. Good morning, everyone. What is happening? That is a David Pasternak goal that was about as weird of a goal as you could possibly see scored. And Head coach David Quinn bringing us in on this Friday morning as the Sharks start off their year 0-4. And And I think that one of the things that I have seen from the Sharks the most through these first four games, it's like you go back, what happened against Vegas, right? It was a 1-1 game until the final 90 seconds or so of the second period. Then the Sharks had a moment of weakness and Vegas, the defending Stanley Cup champions, took advantage of that, went five hole on Capo Kakinen. You could see the shoulder slump for the Sharks across the board. And then not too shortly thereafter, they scored another goal that made it 3-1. And a 1-1 game where you were almost into the second intermission suddenly turned into Vegas flexing their prowess on the Sharks and winning that game by a final of 4-1 to after they added another goal in the third period with the Sharks um, in full slumped shoulder mode. And then we go to game two of the year against the team that won the Stanley Cup two years ago and maybe would have been in the final again last year had they not been so beset by injury. And I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying we have to correctly classify what the Sharks are going up against here in these first four games. The Sharks did a very good job of pushing Colorado to the outside. And Colorado, even though they peppered off shots, they were not not probably looks as good as they would have liked. And you had Mackenzie Blackwood stepping on his head. You had the penalty kill coming through with huge moment after moment after moment in that game, only to have a situation where you couldn't get a clearance out of your own end when Colorado had pulled their goalie to get a six-on-five situation. You had a player who had lost his stick then at that point, too, so it was, in a way, like six-on-four-and-a-half. 
And then you just saw them score the goal, the game tying goal with very little time left. The Sharks were able to handle Colorado of all teams that you would think would do very well three on three in the overtime period. And then in the shootout, it went the way of the abs. Okay. Um, in the game against Carolina, you're going back and forth against a very, very good team where you take a 1-0 lead, you fall behind 2-1, you take a 3-2 lead, and eventually just wave after wave after wave of what Carolina can do to you, especially they were making the Sharks chase the puck all night long. They were making the Sharks just really tired out. That's why the Sharks were taking so many penalties, but eventually they were able to find that breakthrough after the Sharks played a fairly solid game, in my opinion, and it went from being a Sharks 3-2 lead to surrendering four straight goals and falling by a final of 6-3. And then we look at Thursday night's game, last night's game against Boston. Boston, again, the uh, you know the team that just came off the best regular season ever and expects to be a contender once again this year. Um, you know, this is a team that has the ability to beat you and beat you bad. And instead, they got one goal that was you know, not going to be overturned by the uh, officials, even though it did look like there was a little bit of pad pushing uh, going on on Kapo Kakinen. And then you had a third goal in the game, which was just a weird broken play where Pasternak falls and Kapo lost sight of where the goal was because it was kind of or where the uh, puck was because it was kind of underneath a couple of guys' legs. And it becomes a 3 nothing game. The Sharks were able to get one back and had that third goal not gone in, that's a 2-1 situation which changes the entire complexion of the game. And I know we can do the ifs and buts game for as long as you want, and I know that's not reality. But my, my overall point here is that when I'm watching the Sharks this year, um, I am not seeing overall bad play from one end of the game to the other against some very, very top-tier upper echelon teams in the NHL. What I am watching with the San Jose Sharks are these minutes and moments, right? It's like they'll have a bad moment where something goes against them, or they'll have a bad minute-long stretch, or they'll just have these small breakdowns, which I think can be rectified. Now, the level of rectification, is it going to take them to the Stanley Cup Final? Probably not. Is it going to take them to playoffs? Probably not. Is it going to allow them to win some more games eventually or just some games eventually this year? Yeah, and I think that's the bar that I'm trying to clear right now. But but what I am seeing with the San Jose Sharks is this is a team that is not just absolutely abysmal and playing just awful hockey and getting run off the ice. They're going up against some of the best teams in the NHL, and they are also having momentary lapses lapses of play that they need to succeed against these teams. And that's the thing that teams this good do to you. They break your will. They break your psyche. They do whatever it takes because they're so talented and they will find a way to get the breakthrough. And it's unfortunate the Sharks do not have the overall firepower to go toe-to-toe uh, with some of these upper echelon teams. But I do think that when we compare this to a year ago, um, there is improvement that we're seeing from the Sharks. And that, again, continues to be my bar to clear. If I compare what the Sharks were a year ago, at this time they had more top-end talent, they still had Timo Meyer. they still had Eric Carlson. The Sharks don't have that now. But to me, when I'm watching the Sharks play, I see more of the overall idea of what David Quinn wants the Sharks to do. And I think that is... You know, when you watch them challenge the puck, when you watch them try to move the puck quickly, it's like right now they don't have a great ability to, you know, get entry into the offensive zone. 
their breakout of their own end isn't great, but you see them doing things to allow them to overcome some of those talent deficiencies that they have. And you also see them, um, you know, just doing more things a little bit physically. You see them trying to challenge the puck more, get more bodies on guy guys, get more of uh, just an uncomfortable situation for the opposition. And I think these are good things to see when you do have the talent deficit that the Sharks have right now, because you would imagine that over time it will allow the Sharks to have a higher level of play. And I mean, over time, like season after season or season over season, I should say, when you do have this talent in with the team. But, you know, for the time being, I am not watching a Sharks team that's just awful to watch. Like they don't have a lot of offense right now. I'm not going to, you know, try and paint that any differently than it is, but they also don't have Logan Couture and they also don't have Mikhail Granlund, which would ostensibly help them be a better team offensively. And especially Couture with what he can do on both sides of the ice. And you're also, you know, not having him out there on the penalty kill. You know, that's a big loss. He's the captain of this team for a reason. He's not going to be traveling on this upcoming road trip, according to David Quinn, but Granlin will. Um, But, you know, this is part of the reality for the Sharks right now. And so I think that when you do get Logan Couture back, when you do have more of, you know, the ability for all the team to be intact and to, you know, continue to learn what David Quinn is asking them to do, then I think these moments and minutes of bad play are going to be smaller and smaller. And I think that, you know, the effort play that you see, like Barabanov sweeping that puck off the goal line uh, when you didn't have Kakinen able to see it early in the game, like things like that, that type of situational awareness, that type of willingness to be all over the place, that's going to carry the Sharks a long way when we get deeper and deeper into the season. And right now, Yeah, it is a little bit frustrating because you want to see the Sharks get that win. I know we all think about last year and, you know, only eight home wins, I believe. And yes, that was tough. And I do think that the Sharks will see more wins at home, um, probably on the next homestand. But I mean, you look at this schedule and just how tough it's been. It was Vegas, Colorado, Carolina, Boston. Now they've got to go out onto the road and face Nashville, Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Washington, and that's before they get home on the 2nd of November to face Vancouver, then Pittsburgh, then Philadelphia, then Edmonton, then Vegas, then Anaheim, uh, then Florida, then St. Louis. I mean, this is just this is just a tough schedule. That's the only way you can look at it in terms of where the Sharks are right now. And obviously, you are comparing yourself to the best in the NHL, it just makes it that much more difficult because you're watching the Sharks as the only winless team in the NHL right now, but I would also put their strength of schedule through four games about as difficult as anybody in the NHL has faced up to this point. And I know that's, again, that's not what you want to hear, but it is a factor of what's going on in this 0-4 start. But if I do compare to what we saw a year ago in the first four games, the two against Nashville and Prague, and then Carolina and Chicago at home, I am very much more pleased with what the Sharks are doing now, even if they don't have the same level of talent. I mean, think about what we saw against that Chicago team, which was not exactly, you know, world beaters last year. I want to say if memory serves me correct, the Sharks were up two nothing and then gave up five straight. And it was just very, very lackluster and very much um, depressing for lack of a better term. And, you know, games one and two in, in Prague against Nashville, I just thought it was very flat, not exactly, um, you know, inspiring hockey. I don't feel like that's what we're watching right now. I think we're watching a Sharks team that, 
is offensively challenged, but still doing a lot structurally and a lot with their style of play that's going to allow them to be competitive and allow them to get these wins. It just makes the here and now um, a little bit, I don't even know if irksome or tiring is the right word, however you want to classify it. It's just, it's not a lot of fun when you want to go out there and watch your team win at home. And they, as a team that represents, you know, the lower part of where the NHL is right now, they're going up against some of the best teams in the NHL and the results are not the most encouraging. But honestly, I, I think that is what I relatively expected. I would have loved to have seen that win against uh, Colorado happen because I thought the Sharks put out an effort that was worthy of a win. But that's how good that Colorado team is. If you give them an inch, they are going to take a mile. And it's the same thing with Vegas. It's the same thing with Carolina. It's the same thing with Boston. And that truly becomes the challenge for David Quinn to try and figure out how exactly he is going to get his team um, to stop making these mental mistakes, to start playing a smarter brand of hockey, to allow themselves to find a little bit more offense and a little bit more cleanliness across the board. But I will reiterate, this is not god-awful, hard-to-watch hockey. The Sharks on the power play last night, that in and of itself was a little bit hard to watch. It was not my favorite moment of the season, uh, to put it bluntly. But the rest of the time when I see the Sharks playing against these teams that I do classify as pretty good, I'm not getting too worried about it. I'm not getting upset. I'm not displeased with what I saw. I mean, like last night, Kapo Kakinen, after having you know so some breakdowns in game one of the season, comes back and he has a really good showing. Again, you know, the, the goal where it was pushed across the line, there's only so much goalies can do in those situations. Then the third goal just being a fluke play, that's not on Capo. I thought for the most part he played very, very well, and that's just that's how it goes in the NHL. The Sharks have got to be able to get more offensive support. No excuses about that in the slightest, but you know, I like how he played. And Kevin LeBanc, you know, I thought that, you know, considering there was the the weird story that was a, a total reporting of false information in the morning that he was being waived. He came out there, had a really good night. He skated well. He had the puck on his stick frequently throughout the game. He got shots off. It was like the Kevin LeBanc I wanted to see. He was also physical with his play. I hope we get that Kevin LeBanc again. And I was glad to see him out there and making his impact felt throughout the game. I thought that was a good thing to see. And he will help the Sharks offense going forward um, because he does have that capability. He's got a good shot. He's got good vision. He hasn't been the most physical player in the past, but I do think that the memo got through towards the end of last year, and I do think that he's going to bring more of that physical play out onto the ice uh, in this year for the San Jose Sharks, and I'm excited to see what he does going into this road trip. You also had the first goal of the year from an Anthony Duclair, his first as a member of the San Jose Sharks. You hope that will start to get him on a roll because the Sharks offense obviously in three out of the four games, they only scored one goal. They had one against Vegas. They had one against Colorado. They had three against Carolina, and then they had one against Boston. So this is the reality of the situation right now. This is where the Sharks are. You do want it to continue to improve. But again, I go back to what are we seeing? Is it bad play from start to finish? Not in the slightest. Is it apparent there is a talent deficit from start to finish? Yes, and I think that's just my fair assessment, but yes, that is evident, but it's the moments and minutes of poor quality that are hurting the Sharks the most. It's like they're in these games, and if they can rectify these issues, the wins will come. 
All right, we are going to take a break. On the other side, you are going to hear uh, some more post-game audio and uh, an interview I did the other day with Matt Benning, uh, whose play, in my opinion, has been very, very high quality to start off the season. You're listening to Morning Tide, presented by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Eklund, who struggled a little bit in this game, trying to dig at the puck there in the left corner. He works it free. He backhands toward the point. Hoffman stops it. Throws it rink wide. Barabanov tried to put it to the middle. It's a loss. It's deflected. It's a break for Marchand. Short-handed. He moves it. He digs. He shoots. And Kapo Kekkonen makes a sterling stop against an excellent player, Brad Marchand, and he's able to hang on. Well, I, f- I feel, um, you know, we, we play with the puck a little bit more. We spent time in, in their zone. Uh, more, you know, rather than just, you know, um, uh, in our own zone or, or in the neutral zone, I feel we uh, we established some some forward check, um, which is good. Uh, I, I mean, we've been working on that, so that's that's good to see. So, uh, yeah, just overall, I think it's uh, it's a step forward. It's uh, still not the result uh, we want, but um, I'm, uh, you know, like I said, I'm proud uh, the way we uh, we battle. So. Welcome back. That is Capo Kakinen bringing us back in on Morning Tide. He also, after the game, talked about the goal that it was essentially uh, pushed in with his pad. The goalie's pad in, in the net, and um, that kind of, uh, you know, uh, don't feel great about that. Um, the third goal, I couldn't pick it up underneath our defenseman, and, and, and it's, a, it's a lucky break. So, um, yeah, like you said, uh, really, really frustrated, uh, tough tough way to lose but also i feel uh as a team we really uh you know we 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 showed that you know you just got to play 60 minutes and and all the way until the end and uh we get a goal there we get some momentum we uh we push and you know we give our give ourselves a chance to you know uh come back come back in a tight game against a good team so um i see i see that as uh, as a as a positive and like I said earlier, this was not a terribly played game by the San Jose Sharks. Boston simply took advantage of some poor minutes and poor moments of the San Jose Sharks and got the win. One positive out of this game, and it did get the Sharks rolling, albeit late in the third period, was the first ever goal as a member of the San Jose Sharks from Anthony Duclair. Off the face on, here's Duclair moving in with speed into the zone, centering feed, they score! Anthony Duclair got to the puck because of his powerful stride and then running out of real estate on the angle, spun to his backhand and effectively centered it off the defense. Not sure if anybody else got their stick on it, but Alexander Barabanov was in front of the goal. But a nice little play there, and it either went off of the defensive player, but I think Anthony Duclair is going to get credit for this goal because he put it off the D. That'll be his first goal as a Shark, and it makes the score. Boston 3, the Sharks 1. Excellent call there from Dan Ruzanowski. Duclair talked about getting that first goal. Yeah, for sure. It's always nice to see a puck go in, especially at home here. Um, you know, nice to get one, obviously, before the road trip. So, you know, we fell short, obviously, but, um, you know, hopefully it could be a start of something special. 
and he also thought it was an improved effort compared to the game they played against Carolina. Yeah, much better. Um, obviously, um, a couple mistakes on our end, um, you know, cost us, you know, um, you know, on the first goal, miscommunication, and, um, you know, we just can't give up uh, goals late in the period. We've done that a couple games in a row so far, so that's what's killing us right now. But, you know, we're going to continue to work, you know, um, on the off days and practice and watch more video, and, um, you know, we need to, to find our first W here soon. Excellent stuff there with Anthony Duclair. And I wanted to get this interview in. I spoke with Matt Benning on Wednesday afternoon and got some good comments from him on where the Sharks are and where they are going. Enjoy. All right, well, we've got uh, Matt Benning of the San Jose Sharks joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. Uh, Mr. Benning, man, you're off to a uh, hell of a start to your season, man, but I I know how you are. There's no wins there. Do you care that you're playing well, or are you just kind of like, nah, man, we can talk about it when there are wins on the board? Yeah, I think I think it's both. I think, you know, as individuals on a team, although it's a team sport, you know, individually you got to put out your best and to give, you know, the team the best chance to win. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, you know, myself had an okay start. You know, I'm, I'm still looking to, to add more and, and be more effective and, you know, which will help, you know, get us out of our zone you know, get the Fords of pucks, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, we're always looking for wins. It's a, it's a, you know, a win league. It's, that's, yeah. that's all you're looking for. And I think, you know, most of us in the league will, will give up personal success for, you know, um, for a team win. So, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's some positives that we, we took out of the first three games against, you know, some really good teams. But, you know, I think, you know, myself included, there's a lot of us, you know, looking for more. I mean, last year, and we even heard Hurdle talk about this after game one, you guys often played your best hockey against some of the best teams in the NHL, which I'm sure is a two-sided coin. It's like, yeah, we can do that. You got to do it against everybody. But do you look at that encouraging aspect right here from the start? It's like, hey, we went toe-to-toe with the last two cup champions, and you're right there in it until you know you got later into the third period against Carolina. Yeah, like I said, there's there's definitely some positives to take out of it. You know, we're right there with some, some of the big teams, and, um, you know, and we, we know we didn't have our best, you know, in a lot of those games. And so, you know, there's there's definitely room to build. Um, definitely, you know, some positives to take out of it. But, um, you know, I think our you know our team defense has been a lot better. Just, you know, not giving up crazy opportunities. Mm-hmm. You, you know, yes, they've had shots. You know, Colorado's a team that shoots the puck a lot. Same with Carolina. Um, so, you know, those, that's going to happen. But, you know, limiting those, those you know, top-end scoring opportunities. Yeah. Well, the Carolina game in particular, man, like you guys did a really good job of shuttling them to the outside but that's interesting because they kind of at the first bit of every period they come at you guys in waves like they they run they know they're fast and you guys were able to absorb it and push them to the outside Vegas it looked like you guys were doing a really good job of getting bodies on guys pushing them off the puck contesting everything they were doing and last night that's what head coach David Quinn said you guys weren't doing as well how do you rectify that from one game to the next yeah for sure I I, last night I didn't think we had it and uh, you know I think it's dependent on the team. You know, Carolina's a very, you know, in-your-face team, skate hard, you know, everything's a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think we got a little overwhelmed or, you know, nervous nervous about that. Um, you know, so going forward, you know, moving on to Boston and, and ten teams coming up, um, you know, we worked on it today in practice, just, you know, having confidence and, and winning those one-on-one battles. And, you know, I, I think, you know, in our own zone, we can – like you mentioned, we did a good job in keeping teams to the outside, but 
um, you know, once once we get somebody caught up on the boards or you know get get a play stalled, that that's when we need to pounce and look for an opportunity to get out of the zone. Going back to the Colorado game, you guys had some awesome plays on the PK, and you had one goal line clearance. Did you recognize how good of a play that was until you saw the replay, or did you know in real time you're like, ooh, I got that, I barely got that. Yeah, there's you know I th- I think it it happened so fast that you're just you know looking for an opportunity to to clear the puck as best as you can and. Um, you know, their their best players are out there trying to make plays mm-hmm. and they're paid to do that. So, um, you know, whatever I can do to, you know, block a shot or get a puck out or, you know, intercept a pass or make, you know, even make, you know, their forwards have a, have a tough shot. Um, all those are those are the kinds of things that we're, we're looking to do on the penalty kill. I, I imagine the penalty kill is kind of fun because it's like that that challenge aspect of the game where it's like, all right, you guys have the man advantage. Like you should be able to score on us, but we're not going to let you. Like that's, I, I imagine like that's got to be kind of a little bit counterintuitive because obviously it's a great challenge, but also it must be kind of fun because you just get to go all out on defending and get the puck out of the zone. Yeah, it's definitely a different mindset. You know, you're you're trying to block a lot of shots. You're, you know, limiting them to you know bad shot opportunities, and um, you know I think especially our our penalty kill group is uh, you know takes that that challenge uh, to heart, and you know we're we're very pride and proud of, of you know our, the job that we do and you know just with the penalty kill last year being a being a you know a positive for us for mm-hmm. a lot of the year um we're looking to continue that with this year and you know it's exciting to go out there against you know the guys that make the big bucks and and are <laughs> you know paid to to score on, on those opportunities yeah no it was it was fun to watch in that colorado game in particular and then the game last night you know they were blowing the whistle a lot and i won't make you expound upon that but that does set up to me in my opinion for a very difficult situation because you're just gassed. You're out there. You're constantly trying to kill. Also, the game loses its flow a lot that way when they're constantly calling the penalties. And then, yeah. you know, just it's not a – I mean, I look even when the game came to an end, it was later than usual. Like, it slowed down the game literally. Yeah, big time. Um, you know, power plays, penalty kills. There's there's some guys that, you know, only power play, only penalty kill. And then there's some guys that, you know, don't do either. So, like you said, the game can get choppy and guys can sit on the bench for a long time, get out of their groove. You know, it's nice when you're, you know, rolling, rolling lines over and over and guys kind of feel good about that mm-hmm. and 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 you know gets get some momentum that way um, but yeah last night there's a lot of penalties you know both ways and you know when they're when they get their opportunities they're going to score eventually it's a lot of times just a numbers game mm-hmm. you know on the kill we're trying to do as best as we can you know to to, to stop them but you know they're going to get opportunities they're good players they're going to score so um, you know last night was you know even both ways it was you know a lot of power plays for us a lot of penalty kills for us yeah. and you know the results is a bunch of power play goals each way. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I mean, that's it was just an interesting game to watch because it didn't have the normal flow to it. It was, you know, up and down. Um, but, I mean, I, I think that that was something that David Quinn talked about after game one, said the shoulders slumped a little bit after the goal late in the second period. But you guys go up one nothing last night, and you go down, but then you come back, you take the 3-2 lead, you're carrying it into the third period. And I think that's, you know, even though it didn't end the way you guys wanted it to, like it's still, you played a solid game longer into the game than you did against Vegas. Colorado game was a little different. You also had your goalie standing on his head making some remarkable plays. Um, but I, I mean, I figure it's like you got to be looking for the little things that are improving, and you can say, Okay, the Colorado game a little bit of an aberration because there's just so many shots getting put up. But you know, from game one to game three, you can be like, hey, we held this. We had a lead going into the third period, and you had your best offensive output as a team. 
Yeah, for sure. It's nice to get you know some goals. You know, get the power play going a little bit. Um, you know, I still think that you know everybody in, in the locker room knows that you know we got more. We got more offensively. Um, you know, we've been defending a lot. Uh, so you know, just just getting the puck up. You know, sustaining a forecheck, creating momentum. You know, shift after shift in that offensive zone is definitely big. Um, so you know, we're you know, there's a lot of new guys in that dressing room, similar to last year when I you know when when I and my, a bunch of other guys came in. And, you know, it's going to take some time just to get the, the mojo and, you know, who likes playing with who, um, some some of that stuff. So, um, you know, it's I, th I think that, uh, you know, we had a good day of practice today, took a step forward, and we're excited for the opportunity tomorrow. How good is it just to have the season back rolling again? Because I know that, you know, the summer, the break is probably nice when you get there and the season's long. We all know that. Your bodies need a break. But I imagine that once you're probably like a little bit into training camp, you're like, I just want the season to be here. Yeah, most definitely training camp, and I think as the summer winds down, you get into early August, you're kind of already into that mind mm -hmm. of, hey, it's it's season time starting, and, you know, skates ramp up, and everything kind of ramps up, so, you know, for me, by early August, you know, I'm I'm already looking like, hey, let's get the season going, <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's exciting to kind of get in the groove, playing every other day, yeah. you know, traveling, um, you know, getting into that routine, routine is nice. Yeah. And I imagine now with the road trip looming, this will be the first extended opportunity for you guys to kind of get to know each other on the road, especially with a lot of the newer guys who it's like, yeah, you did the preseason trips, but that's not the same as being out for an extended period of time. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of time, you know, spent with, with your teammates. And um, like I touched on earlier, a lot, of, a lot of new faces in the locker room. So, you know, I think for us, it's, it's a, you know, it's going to be a fun opportunity to get to know guys, um, you know, talk to each other on the plane, yeah. play some cards, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, so, you know, that's, that's an exciting part of, of road trips for sure. When you get out on the road, do you have spots like restaurants you know you want to hit up when you get into places? Yeah, there's some foodies on our team. Uh, you know, we <laughs> lost a couple foodies uh, from last year to this year, but you know, there's definitely definitely some spots um, that you know guys have been to a bunch of times. So, um, you know, I'm always excited to try to try new things. You know, one other one other time, are you going to be able to travel? Uh, you know, be in a different city. You know, forty whatever, forty two different times, and yeah. um, you know, for us, that's that's exciting. Nice man. Well, you're having a killer start to the season, man. Keep it up, and I'll be bugging you again soon. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Again, that is Matt Benning of the San Jose Sharks. We are just about out of time, but be sure to tune in later today at 6.30 for Nick Nolenberger's call as the Barracuda play game one of two in Henderson. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.